With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. It is October 28th, 2019, Monday Night Raw. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Matt Morgan and Raj Geary to talk about everything that happened in Monday Night Raw tonight, the go-home before Crown Jewel this Thursday. Uh, also, some other wrestling happenings in the news we're going to get down and uh, cover tonight, beat by beat, story by story. Matt Morgan, what did you think of Raw tonight? Seth, uh, it, yes. was good. it was good. There was good parts of it. That RKO sure. was nasty. Um, that's, that's the best RKO I think we've seen, and that's saying something. Seth Rollins' is up to this point has been the best RKO I've seen, hmm. but this was wicked. Was it? You know, the show itself was a C-plus for me. Yeah. It, it. I mean, it had good matches. Like The, the action was good, but, again, it was all kind of – Kind of meaningless. No stakes. No no titles on the line. Nothing. No no need for anyone to win any of those matches. They beat Humberto Carrillo again, which I think two weeks in a row is his first two appearances, and he loses both. I think that's a mistake. Yeah. Um, and then the, the the ending segment. You know, I, I'm big on storylines. I'm big on promos. I, I, that's what made me a fan. But right. I thought it was so bad I, until the beatdown. I thought the beatdown was fine, but. We'll we'll get to it, but I thought that was just just corny as hell. So let's let's go. Oh, I'm sorry. No, nothing got that. We we okay. don't care about what's his name, Eric. Um, come on, dude wrestled Seth. Oh, Rowan. Oh, we don't care about him. <laughs> yeah. So much so that when you said Eric, I was like, Bischoff. What are we talking about here? <laughs> Eric yeah. Young. I thought Eric Young before Eric Rowan. That's where we're at right now. Well, Eric Eric Young was on this show too. Yeah. Good. He deserves to be. Well, except he was running around the circle in circles okay. for that twenty four seven title. <laughs> so let's go back to the beginning. What feels like it was years ago was really only shortly <laughs> over three hours ago when Kari Sane and Asuka came out with Paige. Paige introducing them tonight, the Kabuki Warriors. And talking about how they recently defeated uh, Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. Talking about how she introduced them together six months ago. Goes over their highlights. And then Asuka and Kari turn on Paige. Paige getting a face full of the green mist. Not taking any bumps, but being beat up. (laughs) People listening, Glenn has a really cool animated uh, background and... He's there's getting some, lit. <laughs> getting lit up on the message board. Right. Like when I'm trying to do the podcast, guys. I'm really Hashtag Glenn Dust. <laughs> Hashtag Glenn Dust. <laughs> um, so it was nice to see Paige tonight. It was. I uh, like that. Yeah, I like that they had her on there, like to kind of close that storyline. You know, she yeah. just disappeared. So at least they they ended it on screen. Um, it, it got it. Asuka and Kyrie hadn't been treated like heels. Uh, since they've turned, so this like really set them up to be heels. So she's one of the most sympathetic 
characters they have men or women man, man or woman but easy for me to say um in page everybody yeah. loves page um and we all feel for her for her story right yeah mm-hmm. her dream was taken away from her essentially with his injury what i would have done though i was very surprised i'm assuming page can't take a bump is what i'm assuming mm-hmm. because yeah. for them not to have super kicked her teeth out of her mouth after that missed i was surprised at and I was like, well, wait a minute. Maybe she can't take a bump is what I'm guessing. Because I thought it looked awkward for a minute there. And I'm really picking nits here. I like that this made him look very heelish. It made him look like the bad guys. That's great. We need that. But I didn't. Th- it felt like out of five gears, it was like in third gear um, for what the ending should have been. It should have been her laid out and then drew out Becky. I love that it drew out. Uh, Becky came out. Um, right then and shifted the attention to this baby face coming out in heroic fashion. That's always great. And then the match was freaking awesome. I thought this match was very good. Yeah, Becky versus Kari Sane. Wasn't it? It was awesome. Picking up a win. Great opening to the show. Very good opening. I thought Kyrie looked awesome. Yeah, yeah, Matt, I agree with you. that The the finish, by her just standing there with the green mist, because she can't take a bump, it, it, it was a little... Flat, I guess, at the very end, but I think that was the best they could do. I mean, I guess Paige, I don't know if she can choke her out, maybe. I like, like, I can't uh, even these or words. if she just, or if she just fell to the ground and then rolled out, but maybe because of her neck, they don't want her hitting the ground. So sell your eyes, sell your eyes, sell your eyes, right? And scream for water, whatever it is you're doing, and you're crawling around, and then they just get on her, start choking her. Yeah. Something where it gets broken up. The physicality needs to be broken up by the baby faces music being cued. Mm hmm. Uh, and Raj, to your point on Twitter, Paige can perhaps fire back with another tag team. I suggested a little absolution reunion, maybe have her come out with Mandy and Sonia on SmackDown Friday to start managing them and put them in a program against Kari and Oscar. That Ma- hang on, do you think that Mandy has it in? Not, not, not whether she has it in or not, but do you think the fans are ready to take her as a face, her partner, all day long? She screams maybe face to me. Um. What about Mandy, though? Yeah, I th- I think it could work in this instance because you've got Paige who has the sympathy. You have Sonia, who has a lot of goodwill. She's perhaps Everybody the breakout star of Total Divas this season. I agree. Everybody loves her. And you could have her be the baby face that the fans don't really like and then turn her later, you know, with Mandy. So uh, she's in the storyline for now. And then eventually it leads to a Mandy, you know, Sonia story. But Baby reaction by association. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I I like that idea. Or bring in a new tag team from NXT if there's you know someone ready, just to kind of get someone going, you know, right off the bat. Um, But I could easily see WWE just dropping it. You know, like that was the last we've seen a page for a while. Well, Wednesday night, Asuka and Kari Sane are facing Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai for the (laughs) women's tag team titles on NXT. So that, my friends, is a must see match. Yeah. So maybe Paige goes up there. Uh, probably makes sense. I mean, yeah, I think we could very well see that. So this with uh, Becky and Kari tonight was awesome. Fantastic match. Sure. Becky got Kari a- in the disarm her, made her tap out. Huge pop from the crowd when she won. A plus. A plus for this whole opening. Uh, R-Truth versus Buddy Murphy. I, I like this. I like that we got to see Truth wrestle, okay, instead yep. of just doing stupid, silly stuff. Um, because it reminds us all again. I was watching this and I was like, I better mention on the show the fact that Ron Truth Killings is like 55 years old. Okay. And he still looks like that. <laughs> he's able to wrestle like that. Dude, 
he is so freaking blessed. It's insane. When I used to watch him wrestle at TNA, he would just show up, like whether he was late or whatever the situation was, but with no talking over the match, and go out there and just blow everybody's minds with his like his nonchalantness is somebody else's total best athleticism on their best day. He is so freaking athletic. It's insane. I agree. And in fairness, he is 47, Matt. He's only four years older than you are. He's only 40. Uh, it's still old. We're old. <laughs> still rest for competing in the ring every week. Um, and hitting the spinning uh, uh, flying burrito that he still can throw. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he does like a freak. He does like two, two spins with that damn thing. Oh, he's uh, it's pretty amazing. He looks he looks great. Uh, my thing with this was then when you had the the twenty four seven guy just uh, running around the right. ring in circles. So in the middle of the match, they just started running around chasing uh, Sunil Singh, who's the twenty four cha- seven champion. And it just looks so terrible. Okay. Embar- it was embarrassing. Like I was saying, like this is one of the reasons why I can't have friends over to watch the show anymore. <laughs> you know, how, how many at this stage of the game, Raj? You've been in work covering this business now for over twenty years. How many of your friends want to come over and watch wrestling right. with you? Right, but if but it, it's not even something I can say. Like, oh, you got to try it now. It's it's gotten good again. You know, you know, like it's it's really cool again. You got to come over and watch. Yeah, we've heard that before, Raj, multiple times. <laughs> I did that with AEW. Yeah, I, I had I had people come over for that first AEW pay per view. Yeah. Oh, really quick, can I say something? It's not a cheap plug, but this is the truth. I was giving uh, uh, a motivational speech to a special needs school here in Florida called nice. Center Academy, and I do a Q and A after every single session. And one of the questions was, "Would you go back to AEW if you were willing to come back?" I was like, "You know AEW? <laughs> was eight years old." Yeah. And I was like, "You guys know AEW?" And they're like, "Yeah." And I was like. Hell yeah. And I was like, no, I know they made it. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. I was so stoked by a little eight year old saying that. That I don't know. I thought that's a good sign of, of the business, actually. Huh? No, I agree. Uh so Truth got distracted by the twenty four seven conga line running through this <laughs> match. Buddy Murphy picked up a win. The one thing with this is you could always kind of tell who's demoted with the twenty four seven the guys running in the circle in the twenty four seven. So it's clear they've given up on Mojo Raleigh. He's He's one of the guys now. You think? Temporarily, <laughs> I would say. Tem- this has been going on for like two years since he won the uh, Andre. Who's, who, yeah. Not all of them in general, when you say demote, I'd say that's a temporary thing for some of them because we've seen these people do some ridiculous our truth. Yeah. Who's made it out of the line, though? I, it only uh, only Bobby Roode, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. I mean, who else is? <laughs> it's like it's like the Phantom Zone in Superman Two, where they get stuck in the mirror. Like you're in that twenty four seven line, and you're never escaping. Yeah, how tough to technology reached their climb. Saying, need a uh, General Zod when he got yeah, when they were trapped in the mirror, yeah. it just it went perpetually on through space. They were always trapped in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyhow, after this segment. Tonight we got another authors of pain promo. They're keeping this, this good. going. Good. Yeah. So they're not in the tournament on Thursday. <laughs> what, what? They're they're not. I'm assuming no, they're, they're not. not. In the tournament. They're not. It would be pretty cool if they came back and do a program with whoever wins that best tag team in the world tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just destroy them. Yes. Well, yes. Because it's a meaningless title. Yes. Right. But it'll probably be Shane McMahon with the mystery partner coming in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, you never know. Uh, Street Profits came out to the ring, celebrating with the fans. This was pretty good, though, no? I, I thought this was pretty good. So but this didn't lead to a match? It was just there, yeah. It was just them cutting a promo about smoke and they I don't see it. I don't see why yeah, I don't know. They want it. Yeah. What's wrong with that? They arrived, they want it. Uh, they want the smoke. <laughs> they want the smoke. And they hey, they had the crowd chanting for it and uh they came across like stars, which not many people on the show did. So that's yeah. over. Matt, can you imagine if you could just make an entrance, run through the crowd, everyone loves you, you go in the ring and you just kinda like dance around and be like yeah, I want it, and then just leave. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, I love that. So three profits are massively over. Massively Glenn's massively background over. is like a Christmas special, special background. Background. You know, I went with this one. I thought this was the most subtle of the. Best. It is. It looks professional. Being serious, it does. I like it. Um, I'll, I'll change it up from show to show. We won't burn through them all in one. Uh, so then we had Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre, a preview of what we're going to see with Team Flair versus Team Hogan on Thursday. Ricochet out there representing Team Hogan. Of course, Jimmy Hart was out there with Hulk. And then Drew McIntyre representing Team Flair. Uh, this match ending in the DQ when Randy Orton came in and hit an RKO out of nowhere meaningless this is the definition what raj opened the show with about how there was no stakes for anything wwe thinks like this angle is stakes this is to them this is stakes this is not stakes nobody cares about team flair or team hogan there is no camaraderie that nobody cares about. the only camaraderie i'd argue is between flair and morton that would yeah. be it. And the, rest them, the rest of them eh, have nothing to do none of them would ever hang out one minute with one another in real life nobody's buying that and they're not a team, and there's nothing at stake here whatsoever. Yeah, there's nothing. There's, there's. Why do Hogan or Flair with all the championships that they've won care who wins this match? Wait, 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 wait. Time out, time out. So you don't think of Ric Flair? Let's just work with me here on this. All the championship title belts all up lined up on his wall at home, right? In his wall of fame, he has at his home. You don't think he's gonna have a team photo if his team wins at the end of it? Right. Little plaque, like, Team ah. Flair's victory at Crown Jewel. You know what would have been awesome though is if Team Hogan would have had. Remember, like the Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling cartoon. If they would have had them back in the day, like all hanging out doing the stupid random stuff that they did in that cartoon, like all the faces or like, going on picnics and hanging about, out together. What about the heel car? The heel car was yes. with me. Like, <laughs> but then have Hulk talking about Hulk's rules and like now remember you got to say your prayers, eat your vitamins, believe in yourself, train hard. I mean, yeah. if they would have got hokey, it would have been better. Yeah. That cartoon ever. That's yeah. something on a Saturday morning. That is. I, I love that. That was what first introduced me to a lot of those guys. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, it was a long match that had no stakes. And also, I, when you do a long match and have it end in a DQ, I mean, they did it in the coolest way possible. But, cool. yeah, but I don't know. Just seeing the same. They, they just wrestled. Was it last week or the week before? So you know they repeated two matches. That this is what happened last time when they got rid of when they before they brought the wild card rule back, is they feel so limited with their roster that they just keep repeating matches over and over. And already we're starting to see that. That's a good point. You, you know what? I took your cue from Twitter that you're just gonna watch that bump over and over. And over. <laughs> I, I, was, I was watching that gif over and over and over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> How in the hell is he still walking? He like landed he, on his head. 
it looked like like this happened to his head. He spiked his face. It looked like, and I'm like, how do you walk away from that? Yeah, Good. yeah. If you guys, if you missed it, watch it or check out the wrestling Inc. Twitter. We got a gif of that up, and it was the craziest RKO. Yes. Yeah, I mean, a high point of the match really uh, overshadowed everything that came before it. Uh, so, uh, I saw really quick. Yeah. I thought Drew looked like a killer, though. And also, you really quick. Oh, so the the match ended when uh, they were wrestling, and then all of a sudden, Randy Orton. I think Ricochet was coming up from the top rope with something, and Randy Orton ran in and gave RKO just out of nowhere. It was it was crazy. So it was a DQ. I was glad that they didn't beat Drew this week because I thought they were going to have Drew lose, and I I just feel like he can't beat Drew right now. He's yeah. just came back. He's looking like a monster. Yeah, and having him beat was just a bad idea. So I'm glad they didn't do the fifty fifty completely. I mean, he still lost by DQ, but not, he didn't get pinned. Did you all see him? And I know you know, Morgan, you're a mark for all big guys because you're a big guy. Well, real quick, there's something to it. Sometimes, did you see the difference in size between Drew and Randy? Randy's every bit of six four, six five in real life. Yeah, Drew looks humongous out there, and. Yeah. I don't know when the hell they're going to wake up and go, oh, oh, that guy could be our world champion. Okay. Yeah. Like, who the hell is that message going to hit them? <laughs> Granted, Hulk Hogan has shrunk a little, but uh, actually quite a bit. But Drew looked like a, a beast next to Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. He just is. He, he, dude, and he is good and he can go with anybody. It's rare in big guys that can go like that. Yeah, and you saw this match tonight. Drew and Ricochet have great chemistry, and, and Drew makes it believable when you know Ricochet is hitting his stuff on him. Yep. So if this was like for a title or, or you know something, they'd get my money. Yeah, they'd get my money. I think they could have a good feud outside of this Hogan and Flair storyline. I hope. Yeah, this Hogan and Flair stuff's ending, you know, Thursday. So hopefully they move on. <clears throat> um. So we had the Humberto Carrillo backstage with AJ Styles. Talked about how impressed they were with his match against Seth Rollins last week. Challenges them, or challenges uh, Humberto to a match for later tonight. So it looks like they they got rid of his uh, Power Rangers gear. Like he was, he just came out in a t shirt. He didn't have the big puffy, you know, suit thing he had on. How did he get to wear anything? Is he built like, I mean, he looked fine tonight. I thought he's in shape. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and it, I thought AJ and the OC they were they're great here. Like AJ is so comfortable as a heel with those guys that his, his promos are his promos are great. You really believe that you believe what he's saying, and and that's in today's era. It's in WWE. It's hard to find that. What, 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 I think I've said this before, but you know I'll repeat it again. When I wrestled with that guy, I thought there'd never be a day that he could ever be a believable babyface because he's such a good human being. AJ, so <laughs> squeaky clean, like. <laughs> You know TNA, um, because he does all cool stuff that people want to watch and people want to see. All of his move set is awesome to watch. Mm. It's hard to get a heel reaction doing all that cool shit. Um, and then promo wise, there's not a heel or evil bone in that dude's body. Yeah. Oh, so I never thought I'd see. I always thought he'd make tons of money as a babyface and would just be like John Cena and always be a babyface. Mm. You know. But wow, you're right. He's a better heel. I can't believe I'm saying that. Yeah. He, he he really is. With these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got the Viking Raiders versus Rizzo and Brian, two local enhancement talents that were out there wearing Cubs jerseys in St. Louis. You didn't, yeah, you didn't appreciate that? That was no? lazy. It's like, just wear the other. <laughs> just, 
just the, yeah. the the team that the city is feuding with. You just were there, you know. You just call them that team. It, it, it just seemed like the laziest way to get heat uh, that I've seen in a long time. But why? Like the World Series is going on. I don't understand. What did I miss? <laughs> that, that... Who's even in the World Series this year? Nats and the and Astros. Astros. They beat my Yankees. Interesting. And so Game Seven could be on Wednesday. So it would be, if it is, if you know, if one of the teams, whichever, I don't, I don't watch baseball, but uh, Game Six is tomorrow, and if they tie it up, it'll be Game is Seven on Wednesday. Wa- isn't is anybody watching it though? It's like the, again, it's the Astros versus the Nationals. Yeah, I know. On Friday, they did like twelve million viewers, which. Which is good, but it's not much more than you know what Monday Night Football does. You know, usually these aren't big; these aren't the biggest markets, All right? Yeah, it's not like the Yankees versus you know the Cubs or anything like that, right? But still, I don't want them going against AEW and NXT and screwing up their stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah. Let's take a moment. Speaking of which, thank the sponsor of this show, SeatGeek. Hey, baseball season winding down, but you know what? Football's going on. Basketball's spinning up. You got lots of options. You want to go see some sports games? Watch the sports ball live. SeatGeek is where it's at. Concerts, theater, comedy, wrestling, whatever you're into. And SeatGeek. Oh, SeatGeek. Let me tell you. <laughs> ticketing websites. Ticketing websites are so awful, usually. It's like, it's like they want you to prove your loyalty, prove your passion. Go through the trials, the ordeals to prove that you really want tickets to that event. To go there and even get a glimpse of the artist or the athlete you want to see. SeatGeek, no, SeatGeek hands you the keys. They care about the customer experience. They don't want to make it annoying. They want to have the events that you want. They want to break down that status quo and start a revolution in ticketing. And the way you can do it is all through their app, SeatGeek. They have millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee. They have proved there's a better way. You can search sports, live music, comedy, wrestling, theater, and more all in one place. They've got the tickets you're looking for and... They stand out from the crowd with customer satisfaction. Fancy that. Over 50,000 five-star reviews on the App Store. How is that for customer satisfaction and why? Because they have built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. They pull together millions of tickets from all over the web. They rate each seat, each deal on a scale of 1 to 10, and they display them on an interactive seat map. No more wondering, hey, am I going to be near the ramp? Am I going to be on the other side of the ramp? Am I going to be able to get a clear view of this or see? How is it? Well, they tell you green dots mean good deals. Red dots are overpriced. They know and every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. I've got the SeatGeek app on my phone. It is by far the fastest and easiest way to find tickets. I use the – here we go, Matt. Here we go. This is this is one for the ages of thing Matt Morgan would give me a hard time about. I use SeatGeek to buy tickets to go see Rita Moreno live one night only in Hollywood, California when I'm down there in a few weeks. SeatGeek got me fantastic seats. Rita Moreno is a national treasure, and we are going to go see her live, and I couldn't be happier about it. Who the hell is that? <laughs> I had no they, idea. Who they ever be? West Side Story? No, your audience. I'm not, no, nothing. Okay, anyhow, she's a living legend. I'm going to go see her live. Um, also, you've heard us talk about it before. Raj has gone to see the Broncos. Play. He's gone to see Lady Gaga. He's got a range. Bon Jovi, Guns N' Roses, Dave Chappelle, Jon Stewart. Uh yeah just, range. yeah, just tons of tons and tons of stuff. So I mean I and SeatGeek, like for the Broncos game uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was it was really helpful seeing which ones when it tells you which one's a good deal, which tickets are not a good not a great deal, which ones are the best deals. And we picked the best deal, went and the the seats were great. 
I'm in love it. Uh, gonna go get my emo on next weekend to go see Juliana Theory touring again. And I like that we were trying to pick which venue, which city to go see them in. I was looking on SeatGeek and it was telling me about each venue. I was able to see, okay, the, the better tickets are available here. Let's uh, travel a little bit and go see them here in Sacramento. I really love it. It's changed the way that I buy tickets for live events. I go out to a lot of stuff. I see a lot of different things uh, live, whether it's wrestling, uh, theater, concerts, comedy, and more. And SeatGeek has absolutely revolutionized the way that I do it. And we hear from you, our Wrestling Inc. fans, all the time who use SeatGeek and have a great time. We've got a special deal. SeatGeek is going to give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code, download the SeatGeek app, use the promo code INC for $10 off your first purchase. That's promo code INC for $10 off your first SeatGeek order. And we thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Can I just say we've got the best fans like ever? <laughs> the first time to this podcast, they are the best. The reason I love doing this show, I think they are more entertaining to me than the rest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many, uh, how many of the comments and tweets do we get that people like watching our podcast more than the show, and they don't even watch the show anymore? But someone uh, check out our Twitter. Someone did a Glenn Dust uh, picture. Uh, oh, it's so no great. thank you I, I go to all these shows with my wife thank you uh, <laughs> she is into it uh, anyhow oh man what else do we got going on here tonight from Raw oh Sin Cara versus Andrade mm-hmm. rematch from last week Andrade getting another win so it's kind of like a feud but Sin Cara doesn't win well first well, Sin Cara came out with the masked woman so to even the odds from because oh, he lost due to interference from Zelina Vega so the masked woman is uh, Catalina Garcia They already told us who it is Well they just called her Catalina but she was just in the August uh, WWE performance class of recruits so she hasn't been there long and she's already on the main roster she just did a few matches for NXT and, and she, she's already on She have experience working under a hood uh, no, no, I think she's always worked without a mask. Uh, I'm, I'm actually not sure in NXT, but... Um, Just in general, on the indies or something. Uh, not, that, that, that's a very quick turnaround or call-up for someone I've never heard of on the indie scene yet. Yeah, I thought so too, but I, I don't know if they're just going to use her as a second first in Cara for the most part for now, as she's getting more and more experience. No, that, that's a great call-up. That's a good call-up. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, she she hasn't been wearing a mask before, so it's huh. uh, yeah, it's that's, new. That's cool, new character. Yeah, but then they have San Carlos, which again, I don't like the fifty fifty. Who knows? <laughs> they might actually because he's healthy now. Like I don't know. Yeah, like do something with him? Yeah. Sorry, I just saw that photo on Twitter. Did you guys show this <laughs> on the screen yet? The can we bring it up on the full yeah. screen? Hold on. Uh, yeah. We can. Let me do figure that. this out. Yeah. There's a way to do this. There. I can pull it up on mine. One second, folks. Uh, so, uh, Catalina, what's her background? So, she is from Chile, and uh, she is the, I believe she's the first woman from Chile that she has signed, that oh, WWE cool. has signed. So, um yeah, pretty pretty exciting. <laughs> Those listening, there it is. Now, there's why you need to watch the show. <laughs> yeah, we've got some uh, very very talented fans out there. Quick, that was quick. quick. That was yeah. very quick. 
It was very quick. Uh, everybody, go on the Wrestling Inc. Twitter to uh, check out that mock-up of me as cold <laughs> I gotta admit, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. That was really good. Y'all do good work. <laughs> go back to uh, putting us three by three. There we go. There we go. Yeah. The comments cut us off. Um, um. Okay. So with so they could be setting something up. I'm assuming next week mixed tag, maybe. Yeah. I do go with that. I, I want to see Vega get uh, some. She's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see her get some ring time. Yeah. And, she, you know, uh, again, uh, Catalina's green, um, at All least right. as far as WWE goes. So they could keep it limited, mostly Sin Cara and Andrade. But, yeah. Natalia and Charlotte Flair teaming up for the first time ever, as they told us about a dozen times tonight, to take <laughs> on the Iconics. What happened to the Iconics? I mean, in a way, right? This This is a good high-profile... Spot. I mean, you got Charlotte. But where have they been? Where have they been? Uh, Australia. I don't know. I mean, they wrestle on the live tour there. But what have they been doing, Raj? What's the, what's the, what's the backstage scoop? Uh, Peyton Royce is having. She got married. She took some time off. Had her honeymoon with Sean Spears. Um, oh, maybe that's it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they haven't really been used on TV much. Um, they yeah. gave her time off. Yeah, yeah. Ah, so she didn't get any heat for. I got heat for that. I'm they've got that. they've gotten much better with that as far as giving time off for weddings and, and things like that. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's funny how they they've got much better. They've got much better. They don't actively punish you anymore for wanting to have you know family <laughs> obligations. Yeah. It's a real improvement. Yeah, morale morale is up ten percent. When did Charlotte turn babyface? Did I miss that? I mean, and she's kind of been a heel, and she's I mean she's been a heel, and then yeah, I don't remember her ever really turning. Right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're waiting to decide what they're going to do. I feel like Charlotte is least effective in this role as like the the happy baby face. You know, she's all she's such a good heel that uh, I think it's a waste to have her in a baby face, so smiling and being happy to be tagging with Natalia. Yeah. Hmm? Okay, so let me ask you something though, real quick. Anytime they do anything backstage with her with Charlotte, she screams baby face. Is either in tears over something that's emotional to her. Mm-hmm. She's not scared to, to show that side of her, which is cool, I think. I, for athlete to athlete, you know what I mean? Wanting to get inside the head and heart of an athlete that's that caliber, I think is rare that, that she gives so much of herself that way. And it makes for really cool um, extras on uh, the WWE Network, right? But every time I see it, I go, does this, this hurt her heel persona, you know? Yeah, I mean, she's, I mean, yeah, like like to your point, in media interviews and stuff, she is just the most likable, nice yeah. person. Uh, yeah. But when she's on screen, she's just so much more interesting as a character. Which, when she's a heel, she really knows how to turn it up. And uh, she, I mean, she's better at it than, you know, most of the people on the roster. So uh, as, as a heel and as a babyface, she's just a, a smiling, happy to be there. And it's just not, uh, it's not money. Why is that? Because they always say they the Rockets don't go with, with the most famous one to really talk about it this way by saying be who you are but turn the dial all the way F up mm-hmm. as high as you can. Um, if she is this fun-loving, happy-go-lucky baby face that's incredibly grateful for the opportunity that she has and loves what she does and loves all of her fellow uh, co-workers and is happy and excited for them genuinely. She gives us that all the time in these interviews and backstage segment stuff and real like the real life stuff. Why would we tell her 
why for her is it okay for her to act is what I'm asking versus just being who she is dialed up. Yeah, I mean, because she does it well. <laughs> the formula, though, right? Like, yeah. Sometimes those, some people can do this. John Cena is one of them, too, for the record. Yeah. John is an amazing heel. Mm-hmm. So much better as a heel than a face. I'm not just saying that because we've seen nothing but babyface John Cena, and I'm sick of it. I want to see the heel John Cena. I'm saying from experience, you know, how Valley Wrestling, it wasn't even close. He was such a great heel, and it's natural for him to do it, too. So this whole time, I'm like, God dang, how is this dude keeping this up for so many years going against his natural grain? His mm-hmm. natural grain is to be dicky and smart-alecky and incredibly clever and being a dick. Yeah. He's really good at it. No, I mean, that's what got him over. That's what got him from almost being released to becoming a superstar was that oh, turning heel and, and uh, getting hot, you know, and, and yeah. Yeah. Um, Forgot about the doctor thugging out for a second. <laughs> yeah, that, is that self though. That I swear to you. Yeah, that that dude. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think I just think they don't know what they're doing yet. Well, one is not maybe they not that they don't know, but until after Crown Jewel, we don't have a headline women's feud. Charlotte's too important not to know. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's too important to just go. Well, I guess she's baby face for now. We don't have any really think for her right now for the next two months. So no. She's a major star for you guys. You don't just let her man, get on by as a baby face for a little bit. She's either a baby face for the foreseeable future or she is a heel. This is what hurts people. This is what hurts their characters. It's almost hurt Becky, if you remember. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they just, I mean, they, it was a phantom turn, it seemed like, for Charlotte, unless I missed something uh, a couple weeks ago, but I don't remember her turning. No, you're right. And. Maybe they're just doing it so her and Becky aren't on opposite sides as far as heel and babyface, so they're not going back to that well right away. Um, I don't know. I can't think of anything else. We'll see. We had a false count anywhere match. Seth Rollins versus Eric Rowan. This hit the concession stand. Dipping dots were not involved, so score one AEW. Um <laughs> I mean, this ended backstage. There was a forklift. Matt, what did you think of this, especially given that Seth and Bray are having a false count anywhere match on Thursday at Crown Jewel? I'll be honest. I didn't really think about it, that part of it. Hmm. I I didn't. All I kept thinking was the Cornet used to have this thing where it's the name test. And he would say, when he's trying to come up with gimmick names for wrestlers that were coming into How Valores, the Rock, Maki, Rocky Maivia versus. Joe Smith. No, it doesn't work, kid. You know, and, and he would do it that way. He'd have you visualize what it would look like on a poster, what it would look like in the lights, right? And when I saw the ad to commercial break advertising Seth Rollins versus poor Eric Rowan. <laughs> this is just, it, it, it felt so deflating. It, it felt the opposite of a big money match. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I know a match can't be a big money match. I get that. But where Eric was and what they were doing with him, I just feel like he should mean something to us by now already. Yeah. 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 He's, he's been pushed on and off over the years. You know, he's coming off his most recent one where he, he ran over Roman Reigns with the car. Yeah. It was a delivery on that. I, I just, it hit a great match versus Roman Reigns. That should have been a star making moment for him, I thought. At that baby. But they, what yeah. they do, they don't get these younger guys or any other talents for that matter, to that damn finish line. 
That finish line is feeding them wins after they take a loss to a Roman Reigns or whatever that happened at the pay per view that night. He became a he should have become a star that night. Mm-hmm. Well, well enough for it. He's gonna he's Rowan's quickly going back to where he was before. Um, and proof proof of that, Matt. What do you think tonight with commentary putting over? Well, you know, Rowan used to uh, be part of the Wyatt family and be with Bray Wyatt. Like when they're putting over his four, I mean, it makes me think that it's all it's all clay, it's all malleable right now. They don't have a plan for him. Who said that? Uh, was that uh, Lawler that said that tonight? Um, commentary I, I was that. addressed that and brought that up. Um, but no, I I just feel like they don't have a clue. There's no plan, right? I mean, him and Daniel Bryan maybe are done. Yeah, they, yeah, they're done. Feuding, no feuding. I mean, like there's right. no. We're not going to get a feud with them. Um, I don't know. I feel like uh, with Rowan, I mean, what what's up with Harper? Harper came back and then Harper left again. Isn't he on SmackDown? Yeah, but is, I thought Rowan was on SmackDown too. No, Rowan was just on Raw tonight. Really? Yeah, he no, wasn't no, Seth Rollins. I know he was on Raw, but I'm saying like, I, 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 that's the thing. It's like if you don't even know what brand a guy is on, I think that kind of says that they're not. I couldn't tell you if you gave me pen and paper and told me to list anybody. I could not tell you except for the yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to take a little bit to to sink in after you know months and months of it not mattering and everyone appearing on the other show. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Rowan's Rowan and Daniel Bryan separate. Rowan's on Raw, Daniel Bryan's on SmackDown. Um, and yeah, did did you run through the end of this match? Uh, they went through the concourse, the concessions concourse, the merchandise table. They ended up backstage. Seth Rollins was trying to turn on a forklift, uh, dropped a pallet. Onto Rowan, stood on top of the pallet, and the referee counted for the pin. Yeah, so he had to get help from someone to to operate the forklift. So they did this finish. Do you remember this, Matt? When they did this uh, on halftime heat with the Rock and Mankind? Oh my! It did go on me, but yeah, yeah, I'm... they did the same thing where Mankind got a forklift, did it himself, and then dropped the uh, the forklift on the Rock to beat him and win the title. I, they did this really corny, you know, camera angle from the forklift. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah, I think uh, Rollins needing help and assistance to use the forklift looked kind of kind of weak. Yeah. <laughs> the match itself was pretty good, but uh, again, no stakes. Uh, just it was there. But I will say this: Seth earlier in the night had cut a promo backstage, and he was booed. But after this match, he was cheered again. It's like he can win the fans over when he's in the ring. But when he's cutting these promos or in storylines or wrestling in red tinted tinted light, stop uh, with that. They just guy. He's one of them, like AJ. When they get in the ring and they wrestle, people you you have no choice. You want to cheer him. They're so damn good at what he's so good. Seth, he has no holes in his game in that ring in between the ropes. Once the bell rings, yeah. He, seriously, he is so damn good. Yeah. And someone, yes, that was from Halftime Heat that I was talking about, that Rock Mankind match. And uh, it was an empty arena match. So, um, but yeah. That, Somebody's saying. Geez. Someone was asking when it was. <clears throat> okay. So what's happening Thursday at Crown Jewel between Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins? How's this going to end? Wyatt's going to be a guest on Ms. TV on SmackDown on Friday night. He's a SmackDown wrestler wrestling Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship in Saudi Arabia on Thursday in a match that cannot be stopped. Falls count anywhere. They made a big point. This match cannot be stopped for any reason. Is Rollins winning or is Bray Wyatt winning on Thursday? I don't know how they're going to get out of it. 
I have no idea how they're going to do it. Mrs. Gary, please come make uh, an appearance. It's my daughter. <laughs> I think she might be sleepwalking. Oh, there we go. It's, it's the season. It's Halloween. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know who wins this. Honestly, guys, I don't know how that this is even a match. Still, remember I told you this is not. Good. I know this is good for Bray. Bray's. I, I feel like Bray's got to win this, but there's no way Bray can win this, right? There's well, no way he can lose it. Yeah, I think they beat Bray, uh, but I mean he could. So he could win it and take the universal title of SmackDown, and then Kane Velasquez wins the WWE Championship, and then is uh, you know drafted to Raw. So you just switch the world titles, which brand they're on. I don't see them doing that, but Bray that is what might need this title. It's, yeah, it throws everything off. But maybe I mean obviously I've been, I'm wrong because look what they did in the segment where if you told me that. Um, you know, Seth Rollins would have showed up at the Firefly Funhouse and burn it down and do all these other, you know, beat him up and all this other crap. I'd say no way would they do that. That would bury so much of this character for 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 the Fiend. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it would hurt that character like very badly, and it did. I think it did hurt it somewhat. Um, doesn't bury it, but it hurt it. Um, him winning the championship has nothing to do with it for him. He's not going to care about being the champion. He's not going to wear the title. He's not going to come out and have championship matches and care about defending that belt. No, so, like, you save that for someone who could do all that, obviously, as your champion. He's bigger than that champion. His character, I should say, is bigger than that championship. Yeah. Yeah, but it does change things up with him having if he were to have that, you know, have the title, see what they do with it. Because right now, I feel like Rollins' champ is so bland. It is, but again, do you throw away? Not throw away, but do you damage that Bray Wyatt character? Because they're going to put him in back in all these promos, and all these stupid little segments that the champion has to do. Mm-hmm. And that company only knows how to do, even with Kane. I mean, they'll screw this up. So yeah, and it, Bray has cooled a little bit, but um, I will say they haven't had him wrestle on TV yet, which I'm very surprised about. Um, and I think, man, if you if you have him win the title, and then kind of subtly turn him babyface because the fans are behind him anyway, right? Kind of like they did with the Undertaker back in the day when he all it always seemed like he, he could never be a babyface because he's this murderous zombie. Right. <laughs> but then you know fans are behind him. If you do that with Bray, and then at WrestleMania have him against like Brock, you know. Keep the title until Mania, and, and you know, go against Brock or it something would, like that. Literally, not something. It would literally have to be Brock would be the opponent. Yeah. There's nobody else that you know what I mean. That would, I mean, yes, people fans are cheering for him. I get it, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. Yeah. If nothing changes, Survivor Series is going to be Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar again. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I can't see them doing that. It won't happen. Yeah. Something that we don't see is going to happen somehow. And there, I can't see them doing Brock versus Bray at Survivor Series. Um, yeah, because they're yeah they do the Raw versus SmackDown, or maybe who knows? Maybe they might drop it by then. How do you know Brock isn't asking for it? How do we know behind the scenes Brock isn't asking yeah. to work Bray? He was supposed to work Bray a few years ago at WrestleMania. That ended up getting changed to Dean Ambrose. Very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. I just a little trivia. <clears throat> oh, this is the hottest thing they have right now. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, I agree. I think Rollins beating him it cools him a lot. Yeah. So Alistair Black cutting those promos. <laughs> did did he start the promo by saying he had been sleeping or something like that? Like know. he was. 
tired. Something like he has been sleeping. Someone in the madness. chat. It's all about madness. Okay. Mm. I was like, you don't want the guy on your show to talk about how he's been sleeping through the show. <laughs> you know? He's a little gimmick. <laughs> like, I just woke up. For, I literally just rolled out of bed for this match. I think a lot of people feel that watching, you know, once you get halfway into Raw. Yeah. Uh, the promo, though, guys. What do you think of his promo? He's become the he's become the new Bray Wyatt in terms of he goes out there and just says this gibberish again and again. Mm. I mean, do you feel this, Matt? You know, authors of pain, I think, have like a bit of like it's gotten a little repetitive, but they've still got a little bit of uh, okay. menace and gravitas about them. But Alistair does not. So I need to be truthful. I. Am rooting for him. I sure. think I think he's a star. Mm-hmm. So I think he's one of them that I very unfairly don't criticize as much as I would somebody who I don't think is the, has the potential to be a star. Do you see what I'm saying? So like I am still waiting and seeing. Do you know huh? what I mean? which probably isn't fair because anybody else I'd be like, ugh, this is so boring, dude. You said the same thing last time. Come on. But there's something about him that I still dig. So I'm giving him. You know, yeah, I I I like it. I mean, yeah, these promos are getting redundant, but he delivers them well. It doesn't come across as corny when he talks. Are um, making to me? Yeah, he's got the look. He's got the delivery. Um, I mean, he's got the tools, and yeah, he is in tremendous shape from when he first started in NXT. He's really, you know, uh, he looks like an athlete. He he looks believable. Uh, I'm I'm an Alistair Black fan. I think they could do a lot with him, and I think with Heyman, with Paul Heyman, I think he could do. You could turn him into a star. But yeah, these promos are getting a little redundant. He needs a real feud. Not Cesaro. Not going out there. Maybe I mean, Seth. Maybe. Hmm. But you don't want you don't want Alistair Black being beat yet either, but you know. No, but that would be actually uh, yeah. That could be a star making feud for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. I mean I feel like Black versus uh the Fiend. I mean, it doesn't work cross brand, but they need not yet not yeah. build Alistair Black and I ooh, the Fiend versus Alistair Black built up for six months. Let's mm-hmm. say, ooh, that'd be good. Yeah. So uh, Humberto Carrillo got another high profile opportunity tonight against AJ Styles, uh, losing to AJ, and during the handshake after getting into it and uh, getting into a fight with him after the bell. But Matt, what do you make of this? So. High-profile opportunity goes against Seth Rollins last week, goes against AJ Styles, the United States champion tonight. Yeah. Now, you've said before, hey, if you're losing to these guys, it's still a high-profile opportunity. He looked amazing tonight. Some of those jumps he was doing, some of those flips. Listen, I'll cut it off. He he got over tonight, even though he lost again. He did get over tonight. You can't have two guys get over when the other guy loses, even two times in a row. I usually would never say that. I hate when they do that to these young guys. I hated it when they did it to Ricochet, and I hate it when they're doing it to him right now. But with that said, this, again, was another quote-unquote star-making opportunity that he took full advantage of and wrestled his ass off and had a very good match with one of the best in the business um, and hung every step of the way with him. Takes two to tango. Takes two to put together one of those types of matches. And he was right there. A kid can go. He's good. He's really good. I thought he looked great tonight. But, yeah, I, I felt like he should have won. And maybe they should have put him in against somebody that, if they don't want to beat AJ, put yeah. him in with somebody that he could beat. You know? So then here's the question. Do you give him that? I think you go there now. I think now you got to give him some feeders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
you know, because he, he's been on TV twice. He's lost both times. Yes, he's put it, you know, good fight and all that. But when people are used to seeing you losing right off the bat, you know, it uh, you're, it's an uphill battle. I think he should have beat AJ tonight. And I hate when the champions lose. But I felt like that would have really uh, put some steam behind him. And then, uh, you know, just made it made it realize made the people realize that he's someone important. He's someone you got to pay attention to. I still got that, though. I still got that this is a rising star, folks. Don't take your eyes off him. He's going straight to the top. You don't want to miss his meteoric rise. Yeah, that kind of crap. I hope so, but WWE hasn't been very successful. Just look at Ali. Remember, they kind of were doing the same or, thing with him. Or what's the other guy? Cedric? What's Cedric Alexander. Cedric Alexander. I mean, we see it time and time again. Yeah, we do. <clears throat> we do. Glenn. Yes. Glenn, you want to take us to the finish? Uh, finished the match, as we mentioned, he tapped out to the calf crusher. And then after, AJ went back in the ring to shake his hand, uh, but they end up, uh, yeah, Humberto dropped him with a right hand, so he made the, the first move by disrespecting, or how, wait, how did that work? So AJ went in to shake hands, I don't think he was going to shake his hand, but I'm remembering this correctly, Humberto dropped AJ, right? Yes. Yeah, then AJ went back and hit him. Then uh, hit him with a Styles Clash. The OC came in, and then Street Profits came in to even the odds. Yeah, yeah. So they're building to a, probably a six-man tag next week. With how did this make sense, though? How do you book your babyface that way? Yeah, that's where it was just like I was like, am I remembering this wrong? That does seem a little uh, odd. You know what I mean, Raj? Why would in the hell would you have your babyface? Yeah, absolutely. And if, first, he submits. You know, again, right off the bat, he's submitting. That's not good, right? But I think what happened was AJ went to shake his hand, but instead AJ's turned psych. it into the too sweet, right? Mm-hmm. I thought he did the psych, like we were. Yeah, there. and he did, and then he did the too sweet sign, and that's when Humberto dropped him. But then he got the crap kick out, kicked out of him. Street Profits came in and uh, saved him. So here's a better question, Matt. When's the last time you faked somebody out and yelled psych? <laughs> <laughs> Probably like on a house show somewhere. You yeah, know, to the audience, you know, and pretending to give kids high fives, and then. To follow it up with like a face moded, you're corroded. <laughs> in your face, I said. In your, I said face. But AJ, it kind of fits his character because he's, you know, kind of an. He's good at that obnoxious heel stuff right now. Yeah. yeah. It's total opposite of who this guy is. It's so so crazy to me. Ah, <laughs> and then the final segment: divorce court. The King Jerry Lawler bringing out Rusev, bringing out Lana. Bobby Lashley coming out. So, Raj, of all the nights to not have a Blue Chew ad on this podcast. Oh, man. Lana said all Rusev wanted was the sex. He wanted uh, to make a baby with me. Would not give give up on this. She has a figure to protect. Uh, She does modeling. She did not want to have a child. Yet she's... So she wastes like five minutes on this, saying, yeah. you know, what sex all the time, doesn't want to have the, her his baby. He's like, Well, you I didn't necessarily want to have a baby, but and then she just goes, Oh, wait, that wasn't it. <laughs> the real reason is because Bobby Lashley said you were cheating on me. So why the, what was the point of that five minutes that was just wasted? I got nothing. It was so it's so stupid. I started playing on Twitter at this time. He's <laughs> just rewatching that gif, the archaic gif. Um, oh man, it, it is just so dumb. This it was cringeworthy. 
once she said that Lashley said he was cheating on her, at least then it started to make a little more sense. But the other, I mean, yeah, I mean, if he had her convinced, you know, I mean, that's a that's a logical thing that she was convinced that Bruce was cheating on her. Yeah, I mean, yes, (laughs) that doesn't make her heal. Right. Hey, actually, yeah. (laughs) Don't girls do that? Don't guys do that? Like that happens in real life. Somebody does you. So the scoop on something that's happening and you believe it, that happens. Like, yeah. I think that person's evil for thinking that or worried about it. Yeah, and people trying to break up couples. Again, you know, like with the Roman Reigns storyline, if you do it and do it well, it could work and it could be cool intriguing. Way. Yeah. But you know, but the, the acting and everything is so corny that you can't get into it. I agree. I, agree. I don't know, man. Seems like a weird third act M. Night Shyamalan twist. It was a fart in church. It was terrible. Yeah, fans were booing it. Um, They did get him back a little bit at the end with the beatdown. So at the end, you know, Rusev attacked Lashley. Lashley came out after Lana said that, you know, but Lashley said that Rusev had been cheating on her. Lashley came out. Yeah, so (laughs) so, uh, Lashley came out, started fighting with Rusev. Rusev had the upper hand for a while and then Lana distracted Rusev. Lashley hit a low blow, then kicked him in the nuts again. And then with Rusev on the ground holding his nuts in pain, they start making out over the top of him. Because it was so they were making out in a way that no one has ever seriously made out ever. It was like this very obnoxious version of making out. All right, Glenn, you always ask me these what ifs. I'm asking you what if. You're sure. you're the WWE wrestler. You're told you have to do that in your storyline. Could you do this? And this is your shoot wife that is involved in the storyline. Could you do this? I would be probably the first person to be like, well, it's a whole lot of money, babe. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, I, I mean, who am I to get high and mighty on what entertains the people? yeah that i don't know how i I mean i mean i've been with my wife 20 years like sure the freshman year in college so 20 years um i still to this day don't think i could pull that off there's no way yeah it's one thing if she was in another movie and it's something with you know has a kissing scene with some other dude that's you know that's acting but doing it while you're cringing holding your balls and making out another guy on top of you that's a whole different thing dude there's memes gonna be galore there's gonna be photos my boys will totally take of this and plaster it everywhere (laughs) um i I don't know i don't know i don't know if i could (laughs) someone in the crown chatted this is weird In my head, I would just be thinking like, uh, you know, this is like five years I could sit around doing nothing. I could buy a boat if I wanted to. I don't even like sailing and I could buy a boat. I would be thinking everything I could do with that cash while I was there clutching my balls, uh, cowering in pain. So awkward. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So one one thing, Rusev took off his wedding ring, uh, oh, shoved yeah. it in Lashley's mouth. And while he was doing that, Lana started hitting him with a kendo stick and he was no selling it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, this was what it was. I mean, I don't know. This in real life, there's nothing there, though, right? They're still married, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I would assume. Yeah, dude. Hey, uh, WWE back in the day used to really shine light on people's legit like blowups in their relationship and like try to like split people up and stuff. I remember right. Morrison and Molina. I'll never forget that. Yeah, yeah Del Rio and yeah, uh, 
I mean, the history of couples that do these kind of angles and then ended up ending up going with those people in real life, uh, it's they pretty want, high. I watched them go above and beyond more than a million, I remember. Yeah. yeah. What's that uh, Macho Man quote about getting your wife into wrestling? You never bring your wife backstage. You never yeah. introduce your wife to the boys backstage is what I was always taught. Yeah. But I completely killed that role when I went to TNA. Yeah. TNA is diff- much different animal. Like, yeah. Dixie wanted your family there and stuff. It was cool. It was much different. You have to worry about that crowd. Yeah. So there you have it. And so when people get on me, they're like, well, you say you want more storylines. Well, when I'm saying that, I'm talking about like good. more real, good, yeah, realistic. And I, this bad. isn't an AEW versus WWE thing, but like the stuff they did with Cody and Dustin earlier this year, you know, where you believed it and you wanted to see that match. And when you get to the match, it, that story really got you there. That's, you know, kind of what I'm talking about. Not back in the day, fans, I hate to break it to you. A lot of these storyline driven storylines would get to that match. And this and the match would actually live up to that storyline and sometimes surpass it. I would argue, and I'm not just saying this, I mean this. That match versus um Cody versus uh, his brother topped that storyline, that match that they carried out that night. Mm-hmm. That okay. is so damn rare. I've not seen that in God knows how long. Mm-hmm. Think about it, fans. Think about a really good storyline that you stick your teeth into that you really, really dug. Tell me that the match that was supposed to end it topped the actual storyline itself and you felt satisfied with that finish yeah, so that's the macho man quote i did an angle with my wife one time and ain't got no wife no more oh i mean yeah that's right <laughs> yeah uh so that was raw tonight crown jewels coming up on thursday Got we, should, NXT. we should mention real quick, Matt, obviously, is the mayor. He's got important stuff during the day, so he won't be able to make the Crown Jewel podcast. But we will be having a podcast right after Crown Jewel this Thursday. That'll be like 4 o'clock, I think. So, uh, you know, join us for that. Yes. Um, let's talk about the SmackDown ratings quickly, and then uh, let's talk about what's going on with this NXT controversy last. But SmackDown, lower rating than AEW last week. Yeah, AEW beat it. So SmackDown was on FS1 last week, preempted for the World Series, um, and it did 888,000 viewers. So uh, by far the lowest rated SmackDown ever, uh, ever. Uh, and it drew a .27 rating in the 1849 demo. So last year's AE Dynamite, AEW Dynamite, top double that. Uh, AEW Dynamite last week did 900 and 963,000 viewers. So it. Yeah, uh, again, SmackDown was on FS1. FS1 is, you know, people are saying it's not in as many homes. It, it's almost in as many homes. It's like 84 million homes uh, for FS1 compared to 90 million for TNT. So it's not that that what's big. It's not like Pursuit or anything like that. Say it again. What's the comparison? Eight, 84 versus 90 million. So it's pretty yeah, close. That is, it's close enough. And here's the thing. Wrestling was on that night. And, and you said this, I think, when your tweets, and it's correct. I went and I, you search it out. You figure out what the hell channel that this FS1 is on, and you find it. If they're drawing the viewers that want to come watch SmackDown, they tune it in. Oh, crap, where is it? You go around until you find it. Everybody knows that. Most wrestling fans do that. Yeah. They didn't give them anything to go click through the channels and draw and, and find their way to FS1. 
yeah, it's like the product is so stale right now that they saw that it's on FS1. They're like, ah, I don't want to find FS1. I'll just skip it this week. Well, that the World is, Series was on. But that's two things. That's two things. I would argue people didn't want to put the energy in to click through and go find FS1. And two, we didn't, we, WWE didn't give them a reason to go find FS1. And three, if they could find FS1, well, why would I want to watch this? It's on FS1. They're not going to do anything big tonight. I'm not going to miss anything. I'm not going to yeah. watch it. Yeah, it was against the World Series, but so was Dynamite and uh, NXT last yeah. week. Okay, so let's if talk. If you don't about- think I want to, I'm gonna just turn the pot here really quick. If you don't think that this pisses them off that AEW beat the SmackDown show, regardless if it's on FS1 or not, you're crazy. Yeah, you're this easy. They this quickly in NXT. So trust me, they're pissed. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure next week we're going to get back to more normal numbers. I think I still think next week is going to be the lowest SmackDown on Fox uh, to date. But um, yeah, it's it's still it just shows that the fans weren't willing to find the show, yeah. and uh, it was, it's a bad number. It's it's a really bad number, yeah, but it'll get back to normal. Maybe that says it all right there. I mean, that's not enough mm-hmm. to use yeah. that as the excuse that oh TNT is more. No, it's not that big of a difference. Yeah, so apparently WWE was reportedly expecting the numbers to be similar to what they were doing on USA before they moved to Fox uh, <laughs> that night, and it wasn't even close. I could see them th- thinking that, though. Yeah, yeah, I, I did drop like that. Yeah, so on USA before they moved, it was doing two, two to two point two million, and uh, yeah, this was eight hundred eighty-eight thousand. Brutal. I thought maybe yeah. one eight. Yeah, I, I thought one one point six to one point eight. They had Brock on. They had Kane, Hogan, Flair. Um, yeah. It, uh, so now you see why WWE really wanted NXT on USA and not uh, not FS1. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> so you would think this would be the worst WWE story today. You would think. You would think. <laughs> but Jordan Miles. NXT talent wrestled on the Indies as ACH. Been in NXT for a while. He had some merchandise that was released, what, about four, three or four weeks ago when a lot of NXT talent had t-shirts offered. And he spoke out about it yesterday uh, and about his uh, his issues with this merchandise that was portrayed that's already been pulled. But uh, here, I'll, I'll just show his tweet. Here. Yeah, and you want to show the shirt too? Yeah, it's, it's on that. Um, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so, said, I will keep posting this till my voice is heard. I'm not sorry for anything I say or do. Representation is important. If this is Vince McMahon and Triple H's vision of me, then this is a slap in the face to every African American performer, fan, and supporter. And what he's showing here, I guess he has had a smile, a smiling gimmick in NXT. And here we've got a uh, red, looks like a mouth, with Jordan Miles written yeah. in white. Mm-hmm. Looking like the smile in it against a black T-shirt. Mm-hmm. So, why is this controversial? For our younger viewers that perhaps are not as familiar with uh, the history of uh, the portrayal of African Americans mm-hmm. in American pop culture, this is very similar to the uh, minstrel show blackface look that uh, was perpetuated as such an ugly stereotype um, of how black people were portrayed in American media for, I mean, what, the 30s, 40s, maybe even into the 50s. Yeah. And uh, this caused a a shitstorm yesterday. 
further stoked today by the WWE releasing a statement late last night. And Matt, you have a very interesting perspective on this that I want to get to. But the WWE saying, well, Jordan Miles signed off on this. He signed off on this shirt. Um, and essentially saying, but then once it was brought to our attention, we, we took it down. We didn't allow it anymore. So what uh, I want to get to your viewpoints on this map, but I quoted uh, you that if you seven foot tall, a beast, all the reason to have confidence in the world in your wrestling skills and abilities in WWE, if you felt like there was implied pressure for you to accept Vince McMahon's poor stuttering gimmick, if you wanted your ticket out of developmental and back into the main roster, how do you think someone from a uh, traditionally, uh, someone that might feel marginalized or from a traditionally marginalized group within the WWE, wouldn't they feel pressure to go along and quote unquote, not be a troublemaker when something was presented to them originally? Hey, Matt, can you hold on just one second? I just want to run through this whole story real quick yeah. to fill in everyone uh, before yeah, we please. fully get into it. Um, so yeah, this was, this happened about four weeks ago. WWE just created a ton, like dozens and dozens of new shirts as they're moving to USA uh, for all these NXT talents. Now they're saying that uh, their exact... So this was made a while ago. Uh, he apparently approved the design. So when you get a t-shirt design, normally you're, you're given the graphic. <laughs> And I guess the one he got was against a gray background or gray shirt. So he white had with a white background. With a white background. So he had approved the design on a white background. Uh, and then when it was released, it was in a black background. I, you know, again, when they designed it, they probably were just designing the logo and not against the background. But um, mm -hmm. yeah. anyway, uh, once he saw it on the black background, he felt it was in, uh, inappropriate, asked for it to be removed. And he's posted a screenshot of an email from WWE t-shirt designer Baker Landon, which includes his email address. And he said that Triple H, Landon said that Triple H loved the logo for Miles' on-screen character, but he wanted the letters to be more teethy uh, since he has that smiling baby face um, gimmick. Uh, he, Miles later said that he contacted Triple H about it, and Triple H said that he, he didn't know, and he, he thought that he had approved the design. So anyway... For whatever reason, this past weekend, which is weeks later after it was pulled and this happened, uh, Miles just you know started railing against the company. He said that the whole WWE system is fraud. Uh, they created the system where you can't trust anyone. You grow cold and you grow apart from what you love the most. The fact that Hulk Hogan is still employed after giving the locker room an apology for being caught says enough. Uh, he tweeted on Jay Lethal. Uh, he said that uh, he, he said that ROH was racist as well and said that Jay Lethal was an Uncle Tom. Uh, he deleted that tweet, but but later said that everything he said he meant. Um, and then he also. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. What were you saying, Matt? Jay Lethal. No. Yeah, I think a lot of people uh, were pissed off about that one. Um, and. Yeah, there was one, one more thing. What was it? Uh, I had a video today where he flipped off the camera yes, and I believe that right. WWE doesn't care about black people. Yeah, and he deleted that video since. But uh, yeah, so all right. <laughs> Just wanted to get everyone up to speed. Uh, Matt, go ahead. Well, the context is completely kibosh now. <laughs> Put me back in the context, Glenn, because... Well, the context... Okay, so if you went along with this... <laughs> You could speak to this, like going along with it as a WWE talent, going along with a bad idea is something you have talked about multiple times on this podcast. And I imagine that still exists today. 
where wrestlers feel like they have to not yeah. make waves. De- definitely. When, when, when I was brought up, you were literally taught, like Rip Rogers was one of our trainers, and his thing was when you get called up, you guys will be able to do anything they throw at you, and you will say, I'm overly prepared to do it, sir, no matter what it is they throw at us. Eugene being Nick Dinsmore being Eugene, me stuttering, whatever have you. That could be the farthest thing from who we should be playing, if you will. We can handle it all. There's nothing you could throw at me. So today I tweeted, back then I was so, you know, I was a wide-eyed rookie. Couldn't believe I was about to live out my childhood dream. This is amazing. I feel like I hit the jackpot, you know, the lottery. And um, this is awesome. I'm in Mr. Fan's office, and he's pitching a character. He's thought about putting on somebody for years, and this is awesome. And um, when he tells me the stuttering character, it's like, mm, you know, but it then becomes, you know what? This is exactly what I was trying to do. You can do anything at me and I will do whatever I can to try to hell to get it over because that's the way I was brought up. And you're not in a position as a rookie to be like, well, you know, Mr. McPen, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not comfortable doing this. You're taught to say I'm comfortable doing anything you throw at it. And yeah. I said, I'd wear a freaking pink tutu and come out on a damn unicycle and juggling bowling pins if they told me to um at that time if i had experience under my belt i would have definitely been comfortable enough to say no this doesn't make any sense and here's why um but this nowadays though glenn the the company is supposedly supposed to be a much different atmosphere in which they are a lot more um it's they're supposed to be a lot more cognizant of the different social injustices that, that, that go on out there um taking everything into account i've seen them do in the past you know what i mean they seem a lot more cognizant just in general and what's happening in the world um for the most part versus definitely back when i was there i'm comparing the two different time periods is what i'm doing here um are they always going to get it right no but i don't know i think with this this is a t-shirt we're talking. This wasn't a character he was being asked to portray. Um, where I get confused is stuff with Jay Lethal. Um, I don't understand what that does. That definitely doesn't do anything. That's that, 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 the point I thought he was trying to make had a hell of a lot of balls behind it and, and good on him for speaking his mind like that and representing. You know what I mean? I want people to do that. You know? But um, you, you kind of I don't know. You screwed a pooch a little bit on that, on wanting to do that by badmouthing another African American wrestler that busted his ass. Busted his ass. Like, never see, like, I'm not, like, Jay Lethal is a main event talent. I don't care what anybody says. Um, and then some. And he's not the only one. Um, I don't understand what the point of putting him down is. There was no need to do that to deliver his same message that he wants to deliver. I went on and saw a promo by this by this kid. Um, what's his real name? Uh, go uh, go whatever his Twitter handle is. Go go Miles. Uh, his re- yeah. All right. So, so whatever his re- Miles kid, I saw a video of him doing his wrestling his last indie show. Um, all right. Versus one yeah, of, he, when he was ACH. When he was ACH versus what's his name? Uh, Shane Strickland. Okay. Yeah. Um. And it was a nasty match. It was awesome. And he cuts this world beater promo, in my opinion, afterwards, talking and bringing people together. 
and, and, and this was after he just had, a, my opinion, a five-star match. I watched the match. It was really, really good. And his promo after, I, I tweeted, I was like, holy crap, this kid is, that promo he just cut is bigger than, than pro wrestling. It, mm-hmm. In my opinion, it was. And, and I was like, holy crap, this kid could be a game changer. He can, like, he's a change agent. The way he was talking, guys, I've seen politicians that could cut that promo. It was from the heart. He meant every word of it. And I was like, wow. So when I see what you're, when you guys are telling me that he said about Jay Lethal, that doesn't, it doesn't jive with any of that. It's the opposite of togetherness and bringing people in together and representing, you know, what he felt that he got hurt by. But like, end of the day, WWE, doesn't matter what you think. If somebody tells you they're offended by this, that's, that's it. It's the end all be all. You, you freaking apologize and do whatever the hell it takes. I don't know what it is that you do, but that, how did they not see that? And clearly they I, saw I, it by I'll, pulling it. I'll be honest. I saw it right away. I didn't need to see the headline. I, I'm not going to lie. I saw that. I, mm. And WWE released a statement Sunday night. I mean, this was like 11 o'clock Eastern on a Sunday. When does the WWE do that? Because this was bad. Yeah, Come on, let's be honest. You guys didn't see that? I saw it immediately. Like, that was that yeah. with blackface and, and the, the, the characters from the minstrel shows that they would have back in the 30s and 40s immediately. Yeah. Now, here's, here's, here's my thing. A lot of people don't know about blackface, right? So I could, I'm sure this was an accident. The oh, design was an accident. purposely did this. Yeah, exactly. But the fact that it made it to their online store... Uh, well, did not one person is the question of wheels how did one person not stop go well wait a minute here i don't think there's somebody right yeah. but it was a chaotic time they're releasing a ton of shirts it's maybe the person you know jordan miles hasn't had a lot of tv time so maybe they didn't know that whatever it was um i an accident was made yeah but wwe should have apologized and it's not saying that you meant to do it on purpose but just say uh, a shirt was released that was uh racially insensitive we apologize and it was an accident and uh and you move on i, I don't yeah I, I just for the i do not think they did this on purpose what, what benefit right. does that serve right oh, of course I they think... not do this on purpose yeah but... vince mcmahon is not getting ready to launch the xfl he's like wait a second first we need to create a racist shirt for a character i don't know in nxt no but right. it, what it points to yeah. that there needs to be more sensitivity involved in the people that make these decisions and that it i would think it's a conglomerate there that, that today's day and age of nxt and wrestling in general for that company and t-shirts Yes, they release T-shirts very quickly. But imagine there's got to be a stack of different people that that thing has got to pass through. And not one person said, well, hmm, wait a minute here. That's the part that bothered me. And I think Tammy made a, a comment uh, about this. Um, it's the fact that it was a proof shows that they lack diversity. And are there no black or uh, persons of I'm color white. making decisions? I'm whiter than everybody's ass. And oh. I fought it immediately. But I did today have a glance at the WWE leadership page, and it is interesting that the top leadership is all white. Um, I wonder who the highest ranking uh, African-American executive is in the company. I think more diverse voices behind the scenes will definitely help in terms of, I don't know. I, and uh, there's a great Forbes piece out there today. Who's I linked the head it of the my... creative right now, by the way? Uh, well, uh, so the head of... Uh... Well, the executive director on SmackDown is Bruce Pritchard, and, and Raw is uh, Paul, Paul Heyman. Somebody I saw say Rajan Singh. Ranjan Singh is uh, one of the top. Is he on Raw's right now? Yeah, I mean, he's Indian, but uh, of Indian descent. Uh, but yeah. 
I, I, I'll tell you, it's a lot more diverse than when I was there. Sure. That much right now, which isn't saying much. Yeah. I think it goes back to the Vince thing. So there's a great Forbes article by Alfred. uh, How do you pronounce his last name? Uh, Kanawa. Yeah. Kanawa. Alfred Kanawa. And he had a great point. I mean, this sort of speaks to a larger problem about African-American representation in the WWE. We've talked about it on this podcast. I don't think we need to retread all of it. But it does seem like you're if you are an African-American performer there, that for the powers in B, the powers that be, you are more likely to get on the air with characters that fall into stereotypical roles. And, and I would also argue Japanese as well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. here's, here's, the catch. here's the catch we need to remember about professional wrestling. Professional yeah. wrestling for years has been exactly that, though. It has been um, taking perceptions of people and playing to the lowest common denominator stereotype Yes. for years. Cowboys, big white guy in a cowboy hat coming out as a gunslinger, Billy Gunn, for instance. Um, he could have been a lot. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? And then uh, Indians playing Indian characters, you know, going around Wable Star. I'll never forget when we were in WWE developmental. That was his shtick. That was his well, character because that was his, it just, there's so many things like that. And, uh, I mean, Bobby Lashley, story on Wrestling Inc. Bobby Lashley says he's gotten death threats over this angle with Alana. Vince McMahon really? knows that this pushes some buttons. I, I said this off the air the night they debuted. Do you really believe that? that you really yes, do? I absolutely do. Death I'm sure, but I'm sure people get death threats over. I, 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 I hate to say it, but there's a segment of the audience that really gets into this stuff. And. I'm sure, like Stephanie McMahon, gets uh, a lot of death threats when she, you know, does yeah. does something dastardly on TV. I mean, we get emails where, like, Stephanie McMahon needs to be fired for how she treated Becky Lynch on Raw tonight. Stay off his point, Glenn. Get your thing. I'm sorry. So, but to, to Matt, to your point about this, you don't think Vince knows and Bruce and someone's not backstage rubbing their hands, going, "Oh man, this is going to get some heat." Bobby out there, you know, he's massaging Lana. They're doing this big open mouth kiss. They yes. know that that pushes a button with some people. Like Matt said, it's 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 not cheap. Uh, it's lowest common denominator. I don't know about that. Then then it's then that's racist. Saying Bobby Lashley can't be in that role because he's African American. Play into though it plays into. Um, he's saying uh, once he heard that there was a death threat. Right, Glenn. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah, I'm but, saying that that just happened. He just said that. It still provokes outrage. It's, it's a purposeful thing. It's like Ginger Mahal. Jinder Mahal is Canadian, uh, coming out there doing an Indian gimmick, but they put him yes. in a turban denouncing America, and he's getting heat like he was the 13th hijacker. Like, they know they know that this pushes buttons with a certain segment of their audience. They know this. It, it's, I mean, they know that... I mean, I don't know. It... it yeah, exactly. I, I don't feel like a, a performer should not be put into a certain angle uh, because, you know, uh, because of their race, honestly, you know. And um, when they do take that, that today's day and age, I think the fans reject it for the most part. Jinder's on Ironically, one, they didn't. They loved booing him. <laughs> He's the good heel. Um, but for the most part, I, I think they're like, eh, come on. Yeah. It was better with Jinder when they made it about India explicitly and had him talking about going there in the modern day Maharaja. And when they did that and had him play up the Indian angle of it, I was like, this is actually surprisingly nuanced given how uh, the idea of a brown man. We're past that. Like, yeah. it's 2019. Like, we don't, they, they don't have, 
these different people don't have to be stuck in these 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 super dated you know stereotypes i agree but we get it a lot and here's the other thing i'm going to say i think with the lashley stuff coinciding even the r-truth stuff and i know r-truth has always played his character somewhere on the scale between like ignorance and just outright not having a clue but when we had kofi as the champion as the first top level african-american champion going out there talking about People always forget about Book. What about Booker? Uh, oh, that, I thought that was the worst, probably the worst angle that WWE oh, with, did when yeah, it comes Triple to. to it. And then yeah. he lost. She was, she was King Booker. Yes. Oh, I, I meant when the angle with Triple H, where Triple Champions. H was saying racist stuff. Everyone keeps saying about the African American champions. Book people don't. People keep forgetting Book. Agreed. But what I'm saying is, if you have a spectrum of representation and you have Kofi out there at the very top talking about what this means, because people that look like me typically don't win championships, and they're doing, you know what? If on the other end of the spectrum you want to have R Truth out there doing straight comedy, that's one thing. But when you look at it, and this is what the Forbes article points out, is when you look at it now, okay, so Kofi gets squashed by Brock Lesnar, doesn't get to go out like a champ. And we can debate about the booking of that. But when you have that and you have Bobby playing off one stereotype, you have Truth out there. Look at the uh, the well, segments I'm Truth. Glad, really quick, really quick. I'm missing the Bobby thing. What are they saying? Okay, so Tammy, you've mentioned in the chat, there is a stereotype about, about black men, quote, unquote, stealing white women. I hate to give the source material uh, oh. poise, but I, gu- I guarantee you Vince McMahon grew up at a time when the film Mandingo was released. And I guarantee you somewhere in his head, he thinks of that because that is a thing that gets heat. That is a controversial know. stereotype. Um, you've got our truth. I thought I said this before. I said Vince McMahon must have loved Eddie Murphy as Buckwheat because you see when our truth does some of those segments like the one he did with Mayor Glenn Jacobs. For mm-hmm. me, that was a cringe fest. It's one thing if he confuses some words and says a couple funny things, but when they play him like he's barely functional, I'm sorry. I do find that so over the top. It's offensive. Uh, the Street Profits love him or hate him. I mean, it's talking about that even. Even with New Day, people have had criticism. I'm saying having a balanced representation helps. And when you're just seeing things that people think are negative stereotypes, I, th- I think there's a point so, that so they might have some issues. The ones you just named, the African-Americans that are largely being put in roles that are very entertaining, right? The entertainment first, wrestling second. You said it first, New Day. Like, like the smiling, happy, yeah. Street Profits are truth. Okay, but then I would argue, what about Cedric Alexander? Or Mark Henry. Mark Henry. When's the last time Mark Henry had a match? Well, he's retired now. Today's wrestlers. Cedric Alexander's not doing that. I I mean, I think think they can do bad. Of course they can. But But it goes back to the point. I think that it's easier to get on TV if you're in one of these stereotypical roles. I think that that sells because the powers that be, and th- and this is what I'm saying with it. And Raj, we talked about this off the air. I don't think it's, str- I don't think it's overt racism. I don't think Vince McMahon is like, well, I think of black people this way. No, yeah. I think what it is, is that he came up with a certain era of entertainment. And when he sees things that remind him of that era of entertainment, that's what he thinks is funny or entertaining. So he's more likely to put that on. But um, I'll give you an example of this. I was watching an old episode of In Living Color couple weeks ago mm-hmm. saw damon wins come on and do the character of handyman yeah. now i remember when i was like 13 and 14 dude that, that was the shit never ever fly today never would fight it but today you look at that in a different light than you would have when it first came out and now no one would put anything like that on the air actually most of them live in color no one would put anything like that on the air no what about jim carrey's portrait yeah. yeah. men on film yeah jim carrey is uh the female bodybuilder <laughs> a lot of that stuff hasn't aged well. Even even uh, Eddie Murphy, you know, who's having a renaissance right now with my name is Dolmite. Go back and watch parts of Delirious and they, Raw. Like the first line in that in Raw is, yeah. is uh, you know, it's uh, 
So yeah, what I'm saying right. is, I do not think Vince's tastes have evolved with the rest of culture and society. And mm-hmm. that is why we see these glaring things where stuff makes it on the air and gets through. That's and some people say, this is a little outdated. And, this, and that's as far as booking goes. But back to this, the book, yes. we need to button this, this up. I know we're going over here. But um, back to the t-shirt, I don't think they did this on purpose. No, but, I don't think so. But good on him for really, like, he believes in this. He's he's a young talent. Like I just told you earlier, what it's like to be a young talent and wide-eyed. You you would do anything they tell you to do because you want it that bad. Mm-hmm. You're trained that way. When you get this opportunity to treat it like that Wonka golden ticket, you know, and you'll do anything they tell you to do. Um, and here he is in his in NXT. He's a rookie. He's super talented. Sky's the limit for that dude's potential for his future. He's freaking awesome. He's so good and he's such a good promo. Oh my god, he's a good promo. All right, and. He's standing up for this 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 much. So there's something to that, guys. That that's how much he believes in this. And how do you come on? How do you mm-hmm. I mean, why would he want to throw his career away? Essentially, is what I just shared with you earlier. When you're a rookie, you do whatever the hell you're told. And he's willing to fight it like this. Obviously, it bothers him. Obviously, yeah. he'd be offended by it. Obviously, he should be. And he should feel the way he feels. Who are we to tell somebody they can't feel a certain way? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, it, and it is, and people want to leave comments about it. It's like I get, I get both sides of it when I see the comments. But by the same token, like this is someone who's not made his mark yet. He's his his best days were still to come in front of him, and for him to step up for this now, hello, it's a major deal for him. It's a major deal to him. I yeah. agree. And I, uh, act, I don't think it's any of that. I think it's absolutely authentic and legitimate. His passion behind it. Yeah. And I know some people bring up, you know, WWE. I mean, this this could be a, a two hour long conversation with, you know, the the problems they've had, especially with top African American stars. WrestleMania 19 is a perfect example. If you go watch those angles, that should have been a Booker T win. I mean, absolutely. Uh, Triple H said people like you don't win world titles, and then he ends up beating him. Then, uh, do you remember how uncomfortable it was? Then it wasn't oh. good. Then it was like really, you guys, it's twenty whatever year it was. I yeah. Remember. WrestleMania 19. Yeah, yeah. It was uh it was brutal. Um yeah, so uh you know, Jordan Miles uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, I don't yeah. WWE, I don't think they can fire him. Uh, you know, uh, they can't. <laughs> but uh, you know, do they use him now? Uh, you know, uh Listen to me. Anybody who wants to see this kid, don't, don't don't judge him by this. Go go uh, go look at this dude on YouTube. And you'll see what I'm talking about. This dude can talk. Yeah, he's he's ultra talented. And passionate as hell. Yeah. Promo I saw, I'm telling you, I'm not bullshit. I'm not exaggerating. I've seen again politicians that could not cut that promo he talked about at the ND show I saw. That was all heart. And it was after like a five star match where I'd be gassed to the gills. I'd be <laughs> everybody here should be impressed because you know what I mean? I'd be so yeah. gassed. And yeah. This kid going, wow. Yeah. He's got something. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and clearly there's something to it, you know, yeah. to what he was saying too. Because Cedric Alexander also uh, was retweeting all of Jordan Miles' uh, tweets. We've seen how Cedric's been treated. I know people, when it happened with AJ, and they're like, oh, he's not losing his push, man. You, you're jumping way too early. I'm like, dude, he's being pushed down the ladder. Yeah. And, uh, yes. No. That's, right. That's right, Garage. That is what happened. I also feel like we didn't get a lot of resolution even about the Hogan thing. People just stopped talking about it and asking people about it. So I think that this incident 
tapped into a, a current that that's been simmering for a while. You know, this is just yes. the latest chapter. Yeah. Yes. So we'll see. So I don't know. We're you know, look, we're not going to be able to solve all of these problems here, but I think it's important to have a dialogue with it. And this is a polarizing issue. I mean, I've been people tweeting at me, you know, every time this comes up, people are like, oh, race, you know, this isn't a thing. People are looking for something to complain about. It's like, well, look, you can't fault people for how they feel. But uh, one more time, I do think yeah. that you didn't do this on purpose. I didn't. I oh, for no. sure. It's, no. But they should have enough staff there available that should have caught this. Again. They, sh- they should have apologized for it once it was out. Uh, you know, obviously, again, no way Vince McMahon ever saw this shirt. And I, I bet you he didn't know who Jordan Miles was until this weekend. And for Jordan's future, I mean, look, six months ago on this podcast, we were saying Leo Rush was never going to be seen on WWE TV again after he was talking about perception. I never said that. You all said that. You and Justin, Justin Labar said that. No, yeah, that I never said that time. either. That kid is a freaking stud. Wrestling yeah. Inc.'s own Justin Labar repeatedly yeah. said. Five stars. Yeah. But the yeah. point is, though, is that issues like this do not define people's careers. I think it's good that he spoke out. I think it's good that he speaks his mind. But I do not think we've seen the last of him on WWE TV. And it would be stupid to retaliate against him as a result of this. Well, does he want to go back? You know, we got to see oh, that, too. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, he's been tweeting all day, just lashing out at, at the state of wrestling and the company. I mean, I'm sure after a while things cool off, and, uh, and and maybe he will, but we'll we'll just have to see. He's not some nobody either that needed this attention. So for the haters out there that want to point it toward that, because I'm saying some messages now, like that he's doing for the attention, this kid is a bona fide stud. He was going to be called up. There's no question about it in my mind. He would have been freaking good. And maybe it still will happen. I hope it does. But he didn't need this. Okay? Yeah, he's only he's only thirty one. He's been wrestling in New Japan, ROH. Really so good. Yeah. He's not just okay. He's really good. And yep. he can talk. He could talk for days. He's money in the mic. And well, uh, he did not need this. So for those that want to say, oh, he's he's uh, in what's the word? Um, obscurity. This is what you. No, 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 this is not what he was. Yeah. He's not just minding his business. I go. You know, I'm gonna take advantage of this dude. No, this is a dude who was incredibly hurt by this. And I think it's it's commendable because Matt, like you've said, it's like man backstage. I'm sure you got to suck it up yeah. more often than not. Yeah, you're scared to step. I walked on eggshells there. Are you kidding me? Hell yes. So yeah. for a rookie, I mean, the NXT guy be talking like, yeah, man, man. So there you have it. We're going to be back here Wednesday night to talk about NXT and AEW. Um, He's BP Matt Morgan on Twitter and Instagram. He's Raj Geary underscore 303. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Follow, follow me on Twitter. I linked to that Forbes article. I highly recommend it. I think that's the definitive writing on this issue. Uh, I've got it linked on my Twitter. And uh, we'll catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. Listen, send it to me. I didn't.